When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Writing to Get Business podcast, where you'll get tips to expand your writing skills. Every week, you'll hear tips and strategies to support your writing. Pat Iyer is your show hostess, a ghostwriter, editor, and author who has written 48 books. Sit back, relax, and listen. Here's your hostess, Pat Iyer. Hey, this is Pat Iyer, and today I have the pleasure of bringing to you Michelle Seiler-Tucker, who works in an area that is fascinating for business owners, and one that new business owners often never give a thought to, and that is, what's their end game? Are they building a business that is saleable, marketable, or will it dissolve when they are no longer interested in running their business? Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Pat. It's a pleasure to be with you. And I know that you just brought out a book called Exit Rich, but I'd like to start you back with the first book that you wrote, which is Sell Your Business for More Than It's Worth. And I know that for business owners who are anywhere in their thought process about what happens at the end of their desire to run their company, that that's an intriguing title. So tell me about how you got your thoughts together to create that first book. So that my very first book, um, the, the main reason I wrote Sell Your Business for More Than It's Worth is because I always, I always tell people start with the end in mind, right? You need to figure out what is your objective for the book. And you're not necessarily, in my opinion, going to make a lot of money off the book. It's the outcome of the book. So my objective of sell your business for more than it's worth is to let every, to, to let business owners know that there is a way to build your business, to grow your business, to sell your business, because a lot of business owners don't even know what a merchants and acquisitions expert is. They don't know what a business broker is. I've always been called the best kept secret <laughs> because we're selling private companies. And in order for us to talk about those private companies, we have to get permission from both buyer and seller, and sometimes the management team. So we have to be very cautious and very careful about, you know, testimonials and things of that nature. So I had done, you know, gosh, hundreds of, sold hundreds of businesses and nobody knew who I was. So I decided to write, sell your business for more than it's worth for that credibility, lead generation and exposure. Mm -hmm. Um, The process you know, for me, how did I come up with that name? I played around with a bunch of different names. I, you know, kind of ran different polls and asked different people's opinion and advice and things like that. And that's kind of how I came up with the name, but I really do sell businesses for more than they're worth (laughs) because a lot of businesses on paper, you know, show very little net income, even some of the larger businesses, and by the time we normalize the financials, add back everything, personal and non-recurring, I really am selling that business for more than it's worth on paper. Plus, 
for good businesses, we have so many buyers for great businesses that we can create a bidding war. And on average, we can get our clients to 20 to 40% higher selling price for that, for, for their business. Did that answer your question? I hope it did. It did. <laughs> and it, it raised more questions. <laughs> Let's start with something that you just said, which is not a lot of people know what a mergers and acquisitions expert is what that person does. For somebody who's not part of that thought process, can you explain what kind of animal are you? What kind of animal am I? <laughs> uh, well, I've been called a few different animals. I've been called a tiger, a lion, a bear, a, a rottweiler. <laughs> but not I'm a pussy sick. cat. I'm not hearing uh, that. No, no, no. <laughs> um, so there's two different terms. So there's business broker. And there's M&A advisor. Business brokers sell small businesses like pizzerias, ice cream stores, small restaurants, retail shops. M&A advisors sell metal market businesses, typically starting at $10 million and up. And there's a huge difference because selling a pizzeria is very different than selling a $60 million agriculture company. Mm-hmm. And so what do we do? We do... Well, some MA advisors and business brokers do different things than others. I really specialize in buying, selling, fixing, growing because I've been in this industry for over 20 years. I personally have sold over 500 companies. My firm altogether has sold over a thousand. So we really specialize in buying, selling, fixing, growing because Steve Forbes says 80% of businesses will never sell. And Steve Forbes endorsed my most recent book, which is Exit Rich. So 80% of businesses will never sell. That should be a big wake-up call for business owners because that means you have less than a 20% chance. So what we do is, is we meet with the business owner. We, you know, it, gosh, it's a long process because we really got to figure out what is that business owner's mindset? What are they looking to accomplish? Why are they thinking about selling? What is their seller sanity check? What are they hoping to get out, out of the sale of the business? What are their priorities? You know, a lot of times it's price, but it's not always price. Sometimes it's taking care of their employees, taking care of their clients, growing their legacy. You know, what are they going to do next after they sell their business? That's a big step because if we don't figure out what their beginning strategy is, they'll never follow through with their exit strategy. And so then we, you know, see what their, their, their desired price tag is. We evaluate their business and we're very, we do very in-depth valuations that take about two to three weeks. Uh, it's, we use six different methods. One of them is called the six P method that is proprietary to, to my firm. And we see how far is that valuation gap? You know, are we, uh, are we, you know, a hundred thousand apart? Are we a million dollars apart <laughs> between what the seller wants and what the business is actually worth? And if there's not that much of a valuation gap, then we'll create all the marketing materials. We'll create the marketing campaign. We'll go to market. We'll bring multiple buyers. We'll create a bidding war in most cases. We help um, walk through the letter of intent. We negotiate the price and terms. We help facilitate due diligence. We help the closing. I mean, we do everything from A to Z. If there is a big valuation gap, then we work with that business owner on what we call a road to sell program to help them fix their business, grow their business so they can get closer to their desired sales price. Well, that's a whole range of services, Michelle, and I could see how they would be incredibly valuable to a business owner who's um, not skilled in this area and 
um, quite honestly, having built and sold a business, you're also dealing with a whole layer of protectiveness and um, wondering what is this business worth? And then from the standpoint of the business owner, especially a small business owner, is this new owner going to take care of my baby? I created that baby. And now you're asking me to walk away from that baby. So I'm sure that those conversations come up at some point um, in the work that you do. Well, we bring them up in the beginning, because if we don't figure it out in the beginning, then they're never going to close on a sell of their business. And it's going to waste my time. (laughs) It's going to waste the buyer's time. It's certainly going to waste their time. And we really work with business owners to change the mindset because your business is not your baby. Your babies are at home. Go home, love them, <laughs> hug them, kiss them. Your, ba- your business is your most valuable asset. And you should really build your business as your nest egg, as your retirement fund to sell for massive value when you're ready. So that's a mindset shift. It is. It is. And and I can see why that would be critical to get that out on the table and talk about what is your motivation. It, because, it is critical. Yeah. Yeah. Because that business owner could sabotage the whole process. Well, I'll give you a perfect story that I talk about in my book, Exit Rich. I had a manufacturing business, husband and wife. They wanted to sell the business. I didn't do a good enough job in the beginning of helping them identify what they're going to do after they sell the company. It's kind of like, what are you going to do when all the kids leave home? (laughs) The husband and wife look at each other and go, now what? So this manufacturer, these manufacturing owners, I bought them three offers, three letter of intents. All, every single offer met their price and terms requirements. They nitpicked each offer and found a reason not to take each. They nitpicked each buyer And I sat them down and said, look, we're done right now. I'm taking the business off the market. You two need to go and do some soul searching, find out what you used to be passionate about. What do you love to do? Or what did you used to love to do when you were young and you didn't have the responsibilities of the world on your shoulders and figure that out. And then when you figure that out, come back to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They came back to me in a month and a half. And I said, Michelle, that was the best advice ever. We, we, you know, they were high school sweethearts. They've been married forever. They started this manufacturing business. And they said, we were always passionate about B&Bs, about bed and breakfasts. Our families used to travel together when we were in high school and college, and we always stayed at B&Bs. We always wanted to own a bed and breakfast. So we're going to take the proceeds of the sell and start one or buy one. Guess mm-hmm. what? The very next offer I bought them, they accepted. We closed and they went and bought a B&B. <laughs> So we really work with business owners to plan. And that taught me a valuable lesson because I, I did it. I was doing that, but for whatever reason, I didn't do it with them. It taught me a valuable lesson not to move forward without making sure that we help them plan their beginning strategy. We'll never, because they'll never follow through with their access strategy if we don't. When I realized that I wanted to sell my company, I knew that I had to build a bridge and I envisioned it as a bridge to my next level of activity Mm -hmm. because I couldn't foresee sitting in front of the TV, watching movies all day or reading books that that would very quickly lose its appeal. But I also, despite all those efforts, described to a coach who I was working with at the time that I felt like there was a brick wall in front of my face which separated me from life afterwards. 
And I didn't know what was around that wall or over that wall. I knew there was something there. But so much of my life was caught up in running this company Mm -hmm. that there was no clear picture about what was afterwards. Mm -hmm. Did you have an advisor help you sell the business? I worked with a business broker, yes, Mm -hmm. and became very impressed with how much work goes into getting the financials in order, coming up with the valuation, screening candidates, going through with the business owner. Here are some questions or some objections Mm -hmm. that you might encounter. How would you answer those? Preparing us for those interviews and preparing the potential buyers for those interviews. My husband and I tried to sell my company on our own without a broker for a couple of years. And it was like a total flop, Michelle, just... You know, we had people who weren't qualified. We had ridiculous offers. And when we went with a broker, it got done. It took a while, took months, but it got done. Did you go with a broker or with an M&A advisor? We went with a business broker mm-hmm. based on the size of our company. Okay. Um, and that comes, that brings me back to something that you said earlier, which is that 80% of companies are not saleable. And I wondered if you could tell our listener what makes a business not saleable so Uh that they can evaluate, is this something that I want for myself or do I want the model of being able to sell my company and walk away with some rewards from that experience? Mm -hmm. So there are so many reasons, but um, I'll tell you some of the biggest. First and foremost, one of the biggest reasons that businesses are not sellable is because business owners have not built a business that a buyer wants to buy, number one. Number two, business owners don't think about selling their company, so they've never planned their exit strategy. They don't think about it until a catastrophic event occurs. And that's internal or external. Internal is health issues, you know, um, divorce, partners disputes, death. External is this pandemic we're in. The worst time to sell your business is during a catastrophe because your business is turning downward and not doing well. I had a lady call me um, from Texas and said, my husband dropped dead from a heart attack at the age of 40. Left me with a mountain of debt. Can you sell his business? I asked her a series of questions and learned that he didn't have a business to sell. He had a glorified job. He didn't have any employees. He only had subcontractors. All the data was in his head. When he died, the business died. So business owners really have to plan. It's like Stephen Covey says, start with the end in mind. Business owners really should plan their exit from the beginning. And most business owners don't do that. I would say 99.9% of business owners don't do that. Also, many business owners have have created a glorified job in which they go to work versus a business that actually works for them. So the business is a thousand percent dependent upon that owner. You pull the owner out of the business. There is no business. An example, a dentist called us, been in business for 50 years. One dentist, three dental hygienists. The three dental hygienists just happened to be his daughters. Mm. (laughs) And he said, can you sell our business? And I said, yes, I can sell it. However, I'm not going to be able to maximize value because you are the business. You and your daughters are the business and the, the, the purchase agreement is going to be contingent upon you and your daughter staying on for two to three years. And he said, well, honey, we're not selling. I said, well, then honey, honey, we're not staying. I said, well, then honey, you're not selling. <laughs> so 
Buyers want to buy a business. Buyers are not looking to buy a job. Now, there's five different types of buyers. If you're smelling a, selling a small business, like an ice cream store, a restaurant, retail store, dry cleaner, something like that, then there are first-time buyers that are looking to leave corporate America, and they will purchase your job. But for the most part, buyers will not buy a business if that business is dependent upon the owner. The other big mistake that business owners make is that they don't think about selling their business and never plan their exit. So they'll come to me and say, Michelle, I got to sell. I, I need to sell. I'm close to retirement. I can't do this anymore. I'm burned out. I can't deal with employees. They'll give me a thousand reasons why they got to sell. But then they're like, Michelle, I have to have $5 million for my business. And their business is maybe worth a million. And I always ask them, well, how did you come up with that number? And their answers are always the same. This is what I need to retire on. This is what I need to, you know, put five girls through college and pay for five girls' weddings. <laughs> it's always based upon what they need or what they think they need. It's never based upon what the value of their business is. And so there's a, there's a valuation gap. So they say, well, I can't afford to sell that. If I can't get this price, then I can't afford to sell my business. Or they'll hire a broker or an advisor that doesn't really do an evaluation because there are a lot of brokers out there will just say, okay, I'll list it for $5 million and let's see what happens. And then the business never sells. So a big 80% of the businesses that are never sell, selling is because they're overpriced. <laughs> and the brokers are order takers instead of professional brokers, professional advisors that are really doing evaluations, educating their clients about how businesses are evaluated. Mm-hmm. And so that's why a big percentage of them don't sell because they're overpriced because the broker's listening to what the owner wants versus telling the owner what the truth is. Does that make sense? It does. And something that you said touched on what I've observed being a member of the National Speakers Association for 12 years is that the, that there are many speakers who are the business and have no team of trainers, no one who can replicate their knowledge. And they get into their 60s and 70s and they say, I don't want to do this anymore. But there's no pension. There's no plan. Mm -hmm. Maybe they've saved their money so that they have money for retirement, but they have nothing that they can transfer to another person and say, here, here's my speaking business. Mm -hmm. It just, it's a model that doesn't work. Yes, it's a model that doesn't work because number one, the speaking business is all branded on them, right? It's like Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins had to do an ESOP and sell to his employees. Otherwise, Tony Robbins would never sell. <laughs> um, T. Harv Eckert that wrote Millionaire Mindset. He was branding everything around T. Harv Eckert until he's talked to a wise, wise, wise mentor that said, if you want to sell this one day, stop branding T. Harv Eckert. <laughs> yes. And that's when he started Peak Potentials. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of consultants, a lot of um, service type businesses, like we mentioned, dentists, even dentists, doctors, chiropractors, you know, they have a tough time selling because the business is built around them and a thousand percent dependent upon them. And one of the things that I did, my business was helping attorneys by supplying them with expert witnesses was mm-hmm. to say, oh, the business is not me. It's my experts. It's my 200 people who are under contract. It's my money that's sitting in retainer accounts in the bank. And that made it a saleable business in an mm-hmm. industry 
that's a very much of a niche market of medical legal cases working with trial attorneys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that you're pointing out some of the things that business owners need to think about if, if, um, if you, the listener of this show, is in a solo business in the service industry, some of the things that Michelle covers in her books, I'm sure, deal with thinking ahead. Mm-hmm. And can you elaborate on that a little bit more, Michelle, in terms of what should a business owner who wants to sell one day be thinking about strategically in order to make that a saleable business? So half of my book of Exit Rich is the first half is all about strategic, what you need to do. The second half is about selling. So the first half, first and foremost, talks about really creating your exit strategy from the beginning. So I think we need to start there. Let's start there. So we use the GPS exit model. When you want to drive somewhere in Florida or Jersey, what do you do? You pull out your phone, you go to Google Maps, and what's the first thing you plug in? Mm-hmm. What do you Where plug in? Go? Where's your destination? Where you want to go? Your destination. Right. Bingo, your destination. And that's why so many business owners fail at selling their business. And so many business owners go out of business is because they don't plan to fail. They fail to plan. They don't have a destination. So they're driving around in circles, driving up and down the financial hills to end up exiting poor. So the first thing you need to do is determine your destination. What is your desired sales price? You know, it's kind of like when you want to retire and you've been you know, you hire a financial advisor. What's the first thing they ask you? How much do you need a month to live on? Right? How much do you need a month to live on? You know, how long are you going to live? They ask you all those questions so that they can budget how much money that you need to save in order to throw off the income that you need per month to live on. Well, same thing with your business. You need to think about what is that, what is that desired sales price? What do I need to sell my business for? What do I need to retire on? Same, same philosophy. Come up with a number. And Pat, everybody gets hung up on a number. Like, oh, Michelle, I can't pick a number. And I'm like, it's just a number. You can adjust it along the way. So let's say you want to sell for $5 million. There's a number. Mm-hmm. The next thing a GPS exit model needs to know is where are you starting from? What is your current location? In other words, in business, what is your current evaluation? What is your business worth today? And most business owners, Pat, have never, ever got their business evaluated. They don't think about getting a business evaluation until they go to sell their company. So then they're shocked because they think, oh, my business is worth $5 million. I got assets. I got inventory. I got receivables. I got this client base. But they have no idea what their business is worth because they're not experts evaluations. So then they're shocked and they have sticker shock and like, oh, I can't sell for a million. I need five million. <laughs> so you must get a business evaluation every year. I met with a business owner the other day, been in business for 40 years, never had a business evaluation. Mm. You know, your business is your most valuable asset. You need to treat it as such. We go to the doctor once a year to get a physical. But we don't take our most valuable asset and get an annual valuation checkup. That's financial suicide because there are events to increase valuation. There are events to decrease valuation. So every year you need to know what your business is worth. And you don't go to a CPA for this. I love CPA. Sharon Lecter is my co-author. She's a CPA. But they're not experts evaluating synergies. M&A advisors are. So you align yourself with an M&A advisor that can do an annual valuation checkup. So let's say you want to sell for $5 million. That's your destination. Your current valuation is a million. 
The next step is, what is your time frame? Let's say you want to do this in 10 years. Now we have a start of a plan. The very next step is identify who your buyers will be. Now, notice I say buyers and not buyer because I have clients that call me all the time and say, Michelle, I have the buyer. I just need you to represent me with this one buyer. And I always say, nope, <laughs> I won't do it unless you let me put it on the market because I know what's going to happen. I'm going to come into your business. There's going to be problems I see. <laughs> We're going to need, we need to tweak it. We need to fix it. Your financials are probably going to be a disaster. <laughs> I'm going to have to clean up the financials. I'm going to have to start the data room. And I can promise you in all likelihood that one buyer that you have will probably fall apart. They probably mm. will not close on the sale of your business. You always have to have backup buyers. And how can we ever maximize value on the sale of your business if we can't create competition because we have a party of one? Mm. That's a great point. So there's five types of buyers. You need to identify which type are right for you. First-time buyers are 90% of buyers are first-time buyers. They buy small businesses. And those are like coffee shops, restaurants, dry cleaners, things of that nature. Typically businesses under, I would say under 2 million. Then you have turnaround specialists. They buy distressed assets. Then you have private equity groups. They buy based on platforms and add-ons. And let's say they want to get into to, um, healthcare. And they don't have a healthcare platform. They won't even consider your business unless you have at least $3 million in EBITDA. EBITDA is earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization. But let's say they're already in healthcare. Then they'll buy an add-on that has under a million dollars in EBITDA. Fourth type of buyer, strategists and competitors. Strategists and competitors buy synergies. They typically pay the highest multiple because they're buying those synergies, those proprietary assets that will help catapult their current business to the next level. Mm -hmm. The last type of buyer are sophisticated entrepreneurs. These are what I call storm chasers because they chase cash flow. They, they chase EBITDA. So those are the five types of buyers. You have to determine which three are right for yours, your business. And then you're like, okay, what, are the, what is their specific criteria? What are they looking for? And you build your business to meet their specific criteria and you need to know your numbers. Meaning that if you want to sell for $5 million, Where's your gross revenues need to be? Where's your operating expense? Most importantly, your EBITDA. Your EBITDA is going to have to be over a million dollars if you want to sell for $5 million. So your business is your widget. And they, so remember when we started businesses, Pat, we go in and say, okay, this is my widget. This is my target audience. For you, you provided expert witnesses. That was your widget. Your target audience are trial attorneys, right? Mm-hmm. Your business is your widget. <laughs> These buyers, two, two to three of those five buyers are going to be your audience. You want to be able to everything to meet their specific criteria. This is where we have to start. We have to start with this GPS exit. The last equation in this model is why. Why do you want to sell for 5 million, 10 million, 15 million? You have to have a powerful why. Strong enough to keep you in the game because business is not easy. And it's got to help you weather all the financial storms. And then the last step is once you figured out that, then you need to build your business on the six Ps because this is the infrastructure. This is the foundation that buyers are looking for. But I like to start everybody off the GPS exit first. Yeah. You know, you're emphasizing so many aspects of strategy that go into this decision. This is not a simple, impulsive, I want to sell. This right. is thinking through, planning ahead, cleaning up your act, looking in those dark corners that sometimes business owners don't want to 
peer into to find out what are the issues, what are the problems, um, and what are the assets that they may take for granted. Right. Wow. So many things to think about. I have um, another question before I ask you the final question, which is that I'm curious about how the landscape changed for you in your role in um, during the pandemic with the number that I've heard, which could be wildly off, is, is at least 200,000 businesses failed, completely dissolved because of the changes in the marketplace. What did that do for you and the work that you do with companies? Sure. And I like to answer that and just kind of point out some statistics that some statistics. So when I wrote my very first book in 2013, Sell Your Business for More Than It's Worth, I did the research back then and learned that 90% of all startups would fail. Within those first one to five years, startups are at great, the, the greatest at risk. But when I did the research for Exit Rich, I was flabbergasted. So was my co-author, Sharon Lecter. I was flabbergasted that the business landscape has flip-flopped way before this pandemic meaning that startups are not at great risk anymore. Only 30% of startups are now going out of business. Only 30%. But listen to this whopping statistic. Out of 27.6 million companies, those businesses that have been in business for 10 years or longer, 70% of those businesses are going out of business. 70%. This is way before Katrina. I mean, but wait, Katrina, Hurricane. So you can tell I'm in New Orleans because I mentioned Hurricane Katrina. This is way before this pandemic. This is way before COVID. Mm-hmm. You hear about the companies in the media all the time, like Toys R Us, a business 35 years goes out of business. Pier One, Steinmark, Godiva Chocolate's closing down, 1,500 locations, Disney stores are closing. But what the media doesn't talk to you about are all the private companies on every street corner and every city and every state across our great nation. These business owners are exiting poor, selling for pennies on a dollar, closing their business altogether or filing bankruptcy way before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And But nobody knows that. So we have a huge problem in America right now because small business is the backbone of our economy. If a small business fails, the economy fails. Right. So how is this changing things for me? Um, in 2020, you know, it was probably our, our slowest year ever. <laughs> 2008 was probably our busiest year when the recession hit. But 2020 was a very slow year for us. But right now we have so much activity because there is a tremendous amount of activity in the M&A. There are so many deals right now in the pipeline that so many private equity groups can't even look at some of our new deals because they're like, Michelle, we're just too bottled down. We, you know, we have a huge bottleneck. We have 12 deals in the pipeline. They just can't get to deals quick enough because there are so many. Let me put it this way. There are more buyers for great businesses than there are great businesses to buy. So whenever you get your EBITDA over a million, over 2 million, over 3 million, that's where all the competition is for buying businesses. That's where you're going to get a much higher multiple, a much higher selling price for your business. And there's just so much activity in M&A. In small business, there's not. You know, there's a lot of activity for turnaround specialists. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of activity for buying businesses because a lot of these businesses are failing. But there's a bunch of activity. Am I making sense? A bunch of activity mm-hmm. in the M&A arena. 
There are so many nuances to what you do, Michelle. This is incredibly <laughs> complex. And I can, I can see why it would be valuable for any business owner who's going through this thought process to retain you and your services to help them wind their way through this landscape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it is, you know, it's, it, it, there's a lot of moving parts. There are so many nuances. Um, it, can, it can become extremely complicated. So you want to make sure that you have an expert that has a tremendous amount of experience. Mm-hmm. How can our listener find out more about you, your services, and where to get copies of your book? Sure, so, I should say. Our main website is silertucker.com. Our books are available on silertucker.com. Um, all my contact information is there. You can also follow me on social media. I'll make sure, um, hopefully, you can include all that in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And as far as getting Exit Rich, uh, for anyone that lives inside the United States, I encourage you to go to exitrichbook.com. Um, because at exitrichbook.com, we have a lot of additional value for anyone who purchases the book. So for $24.79 plus shipping cost, we'll email you the digital download. We'll ship the hardcover to your doorstep. We'll give you a lifetime membership into the Exit Rich Book Club where there's video content and me doing, really doing deep dives and different techniques and strategies that I've been teaching for the last 20 years in the trenches, plus documents, documents to operate your business, documents to sell your business. So we have sample employee handbooks, org charts, policy and procedure manuals. We have sample letter of intent. A lot of business owners, have they've never seen a letter of intent. Sample purchase agreements, due diligence checklists, closing docs. All the documents you need to operate and sell your business are there for your review and download. And Pat, I can promise you, if anyone try to recreate these documents, it will cost over $50,000 to do so. I know because I've spent the money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and then we're also giving you a 30-day free membership in the Club CEOs. Club CEOs is an entrepreneurship mastermind. Well, we really ask those transformational questions and help business owners build a sustainable, scalable, sellable business. And just to remind everyone, Exit Rich is not just about selling your business. Anyone who is who's thinking about buying a business, starting a business, or owns a business should read Exit Rich because Exit Rich is all about building a sustainable business that you can scale. And when you're ready, you actually have a sellable asset. Because that's the biggest problem facing business owners is that when they're, they feel like they're ready, they don't have a sellable asset. They don't have a business that somebody wants to buy. And if you're outside the United States, I encourage you to go to Amazon because there's shipping cost. Anyone who's thinking about starting a business, owns a business, or thinking about selling. So that's got a lot of applicability for our audience, Michelle. And it sounds like great advice to be thinking in these terms as you are in your entrepreneurial journey and focusing in on smooth operations, profitable operations, building a structure that's going to sustain you and your family, fuel that retirement, which can be far more expensive than we can ever imagine. Exit Rich is a book that will be an important part of your life as a business owner. Thank you so much, Pat. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And for you who is watching this program, please be sure to tell others about Writing to Get Business podcast and come back next week for another show, new topic and a new way to get inspiration from people who have taken their knowledge like Michelle has and turned it into a book that's not just a book, as you've heard, 
you've gotten gotten a hint as to the resources that flow once you become part of Michelle's world. Thanks so much. Thank you. This is Pat Iyer with Writing to Get Business, and I have just finished interviewing Steve Cadigan about his book, Work Quake. We had a fascinating, wide-ranging interview looking at today's workforce, work life, and what has changed in companies. What are causing people to think about their jobs differently and, in some senses, say, I don't need a job. I need to be on my own doing something for myself. Steve, can you elaborate on some of the major topics that we covered in your podcast? Yes, absolutely. I think we are seeing a changing in the psychology of the workforce right now, that they're just seeing the world of work and careers differently. That, for example, people are moving away from being stationary is job security and moving towards movement and changing jobs is actually making me more vital for the future. Uh, We talked about uh, in different industries how employers are struggling to reconcile what this new psychology really means and how do I attract and keep people. And the challenge of doing that in, in realms such as healthcare, where there's a lot on the line, people's lives are on the line. And how do we think about maybe using this opportunity of COVID-19 to create a better model working that works for both employers and employees? So many opportunities there. Our models are broken and we're building new ones all the time. Be sure to catch Steve Cadigan's podcast as he talks about work quick and some of the major ways that work has changed and will continue to change and how you fit in to those changes. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Check out Pat Iyer's resources for writers at writingtogetbusiness.com. That is W-R-I-T-I-N-G-T-O-G-E-T-B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S dot com. Coaches, consultants, and entrepreneurs work with Pat so they can get more business by writing and sharing their expertise. Check out Pat's resources on writingtogetbusiness.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.